Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bobblehead Podcast. Hey, we're glad you're here. Uh, Davin and I continue our series of great and wise quotes from the great Ricky Bobby and Talladega Night. So um, those of you who are on YouTube, you can see that we still have on our good old uh, our laughing clown malt liquor and Wonder Bread shirts. So we're repping out and doing our best to uh, be pure Ricky Bobby. But today we have a special, really a special little discussion about really learning how do we trust our instincts or do we trust our eyes? And so we have a real fun, one of my favorite uh, clips from the movie that you'll you'll see if you're on YouTube or you'll hear on the podcast of, uh, of Ricky and Reese talking through how do you get through this fear you have of knowing what I'm supposed to do. And so do we trust our eyes or trust our instincts? So excited for this one. Glad you're here. Let's go. Some summer lake water can can be particular, like especially when it rolls over. Yeah, you know, when it gets that, that heat. I don't think they're there. I don't yet. think that one rolls over that much, but some, but a lot of them will. Where Hubbard does, does yeah, Hubbard yeah. does. When I I grew up, um, and we had a lake cabin. It was not a lake house. It was a lake cabin, like screened in porch. It had a, a window unit in the back, and that was all there was. But it was like we would have to go the first of summer, and it would take forty five minutes to kill all the wasps. And every time we went down there, we'd have to go kill wasp. It was bad. Um. Anyway, man, that lake was not a big lake, and it would roll over two, three times a year, and it would just stink and smell so bad. And I don't understand how the physics of how a lake turns over. I don't understand all that, but it definitely does. Yeah, Yeah, fish don't like it either. No, it it just has like it's like the water. It's like swimming in pudding. It's just gross. It's just like you took. It's like you went down and took the bottom of the lake and just brought it to the top. Yeah, that's literally what happens. Yeah. Which in that lake was not great. It was I think it's when nasty. the temperature hits a certain depth. Oh, is that what is, it is? Is what is what. And so the heat it. will flick go to the top. Yeah. Huh. I remember looking it up one time, but I can't remember. Maybe I'll YouTube it. Yeah, I had too many cocktails on the beach to remember that. No. Oh. Was this the Florida trip? Yeah. Probably for lots of reasons. Yeah, just painkillers. Not not in a, not like in a Viking sense, but in a. No, no, I, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I may have had one or two of those Florida too. They were they're actually. Pineapple hits a spot. Yeah, it really does. It's yeah. uh, actually it's not the pineapple hits a spot, but help, pineapple helps, you know, yeah. get it down so it, it hits a spot. It serves as a as a vessel. It's a vessel. It's a vessel. <laughs> it's a means to an end, right? Yeah, it really is. Are, yeah. are we are we recording? We can just I'm do an sure episode on pod on painkillers, but again, not in a literal sense. Like we don't condone that kind of no, stuff. No, just, absolutely not. Not just, doctor doctor prescribed. Right, just the consumption. And of, even then. Just the consumption of six the- ounces per rum of rum per per drink. Per, yeah, yeah, because that's because yeah. that's healthy. <laughs> that's very healthy. Which, by the way, I may have had the best rum I've ever had in my life last week. So we went to Tango. Okay. Uh, it's a restaurant for those who are listening. I guess people are listening now. So, uh, and it was a white burgundy dinner, Ooh. and so really great white burgundy. But the end, um, he brought over. Um, some rum that Rye, the guy that works the, no, funny, the guy at the bartender's name is Rye. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and it was maybe the best I've ever had. I got a picture of it. I'll show it to you. I, don't, I have no idea where you get it or how much it is. Real but, dark rum or was it? Yeah, it was dark. It was dark. Man, it was like drinking candy. It was so good. But like a sipping. Oh, oh I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, like this didn't oh, come yeah. out mixed don't, with just, Diet Coke. You don't, you don't, you don't use a straw. No, <laughs> no. that's what you're asking. No. Yeah. Just a, a, a nice, it's not a know. shooter. It's not a straw. It's a, it's a, a dainty sip, a dainty sip. Yeah. There was, we took that somewhere. So, um, 
I think this is uh this will be the third in a series of podcasts yeah. we are doing on the great memorable quotes of Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Some of the wisdom of uh Ricky Bobby and the gang. You know, and at this point we're on to we're gonna do three of three of actually Reese Bobby. Oh, it is today. Yes, today is three of three. You know, I think the last podcast we talked about that was two of two. So today's quote did come from Reese Bobby. Yeah. I, I'm beginning to think that Reese Bobby may be the wise man of the whole movie. Yeah, or maybe just who we identify closest with. <laughs> which <laughs> maybe is a whole different like that, that's that, another that that's, that's not a podcast. That's a counseling session. That's a whole I was gonna say that's a whole bunch of yeah, stuff for me that's and Dr. Weinstein to that's discuss ther- next week. That's a therapy session. We probably don't need to put on a podcast. We'll be liable for what we say. Yeah. You know, but but he does, he he spits some some wisdom. He does. So do you remember the quote? Yeah, I do. It's uh it just to set up context for it, it it's when um Ricky's learning to drive again, right? And I believe this is this after the the, the Cougar incident, right? right? You know, after he's you know helped me Tom Cruise whole thing, and he's right. he's learning to uh, to drive again, and he's in the car with Reese, and Reese puts a blindfold on him, right? And um, and so Ricky's behind the wheel. Yeah, Ricky's behind the wheel. He's supposed to drive this car, beautiful car, seventy one Chevelle, probably. I mean, just I think we talked about the first. A ridiculous That's a gorgeous car. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. One of one of my favorite muscle cars. And so he's he's like Ricky's like man, this is kind of reckless this feels downright dangerous he's like you gotta you gotta learn to, to drive with your heart not your eyes right. trust trust your trust instincts, your instincts. Yeah. yeah so he kind of talks him through it and he's like you know tell me what you feel he's like, feel the wood of the steering wheel <laughs> feel the heat and reese is like wow that's you becoming one with one the car with your car yeah and ricky's like man i uh start to feel like this car can drive itself <laughs> <laughs> you know what this would be a really good time to roll the quote yeah Oh, man, this is absolutely crazy. I mean, this is borderline reckless. Don't you get it? You don't drive with your eyes. You drive with your heart. This is just dumb. I can't see a thing. You got to feel the road. You got to you gotta let it live inside you. Are you feeling anything now? I'm feeling a little bit. Are you? What are you feeling? Tell me what you're feeling. I'm feeling the, the worn wood of the steering wheel. Yeah? What else? A little bit of heat. That's you and the car melded together. Yeah, now I'm really feeling yeah. it. I feel like the car could drive itself. I bet it could. Start her up. I'll start this car up. And the quote, there's the quote's done. And uh, puts it in gear and he takes off, right? That's the funniest part is like he, he believes he just, this at this point in time. Like floors it. Just, yeah, just takes off. And, uh, you know, proceeds to hit several cars and, you know, he drives into the house. <laughs> just makes it about with, 30 feet. With full confidence. Full confidence, right? But he's he, he believes that he's doing the right thing. And, I think the funniest part about all of that before we go into the context with it is <laughs> he's like, man, we got to get the hell out of here. And Ricky goes to put the the blindfold back on. He's like, man, don't, don't put that thing back on. <laughs> so it's like, he's trying to drive the car and yeah, put the blindfold back basically on. Basically the whole idea that, you know, you, you, you can believe something as strong as you want that sometimes you, you need to drive with your instincts. But the bottom line is, is that that can and will can and will end up in, in terrible failure in somebody's house. Yeah. In yeah. somebody's house. Yeah. Mr. Johnson, I think, I can't remember what it was. Whoever it was, then who it was, yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. So I thought this was really good for a couple of reasons, and and just kind of go into the first one, is, you know, we're, we all have instincts, and those instincts grow with us um, as we get older, right? It gets, it's so much of it comes from experience. Yeah. And, you know, instinct, I don't know how you see instincts or how, you know, listeners, listeners understand instinct, but for me, instinct comes, it grows over time. Your instincts um, are get honed over time, and so what is your and, and what are instincts? It's kind of what your gut tells you, mm-hmm. right? And so, what does my gut tell me about this situation? 
it's different than when twelve, you know, twenty years ago for me. But it is to think through what my what are my instincts? What are my instincts telling me? And then do I trust them? Yeah. Uh, it's it's the uh, the old measure twice, cut once thing, mm-hmm. and it goes back to what what you're saying in the quote is. It's it's one thing to trust your in th- instincts, but it's also another to open your eyes and think through, hmm, what do I really see here? My gut tells me to react this way, but let's think through what the consequences of that action, those actions are, and go into this thing with eyes wide open, no blindfold. You know, and it's funny because you, you talk about building your instincts over time, and it's like a kid doesn't know that a stove is hot until he touches the stove for the first time. Right. And then, so like, like that's an experience, but that same kid can see a grizzly bear for the first time in his life and know in his gut that that's a bad thing that I probably shouldn't go near. Right. right? With, with exceptions, right. There's kids like me who are like, you know, let's go tackle the grizzly bear. But you know, like we, 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 we learn things about our lives, but we also inherently know that some situations are bad and, and it should be avoided. But I think, ultimately where instincts lead to is, is the combination between the gut feeling of knowing something is either good or knowing something is bad and applying the experience and the wisdom of your life to those things. And then it, it ultimately teaches you how to do things the right way. Do you, can you think back of a time in your life, maybe an experience or a situation or whatever, where, you know, your instincts quickly told you one thing and you thinking through it, processing it, keeping your eyes wide open, rethought that and maybe didn't react the way your instincts would have oh man had you react yeah you know i, I can think of all kinds of experiences in the military but same thing right you're if you're on a patrol and like like you just you get that 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 tingle right that something's not right and you let your in, instincts kind of guide you but then the, the the fight breaks out and the circumstances and the situation guide you towards something completely different that you almost have to violate your instincts because the situation dictates it. I, I mean, I, I could think of a hundred different ones, but without going too far into it, it's, it was, it was a big part of my life for a long time. Yeah. I can think through it, you know, I think on the last podcast, we talked a little bit about um, aviation. I'm a pilot and we mm-hmm. talked about, you know, fear and healthy fear and all those sort of things. I think that's one of the things we discussed. And, you know, one of the ratings I had to get, I didn't have to, but I chose to get was what they call an instrument rating. And, you know, your whole life, your inner ear is developed um, so that you know which way's up, which way's down. And so if you've ever been car sick or seasick, you know that when, you know, when you don't feel good because you're in the backseat of a car or you're on a, you know, pitching boat out in the ocean, that, you know, seeing that horizon go up or down, your brain doesn't like that very much. Your inner ear doesn't like it very much. And so it gets confused. Your brain gets confused. And when your brain gets confused, it tells your body things like, eh, I don't like this. And so, you know, in that case, you get sick, right? You don't feel good. And as a pilot, you know, the same thing, your inner ear tells you which way is up, which way is down. So getting your instrument rating, what that means is when you learn to be a pilot, you learn to be a pilot by looking on the outside. You look out the glass, you look out the windshield, and you're looking at the horizon. So if you think about, you know, what is the horizon? It's like when you're in a boat. If anybody's in a boat and been out on the ocean, you look out and it's where the it's where the ocean, you know, ends and the sky begins. There's a very distinct line there of what that is. And and with aviation, it's the same thing. You're looking out, you're seeing the earth and the sky. And so that horizon is what you go by to determine, am I leaning left? Am I leaning right? Am I pitched up? Am I pitched down? Just by looking out, you know what that is. And by seeing out, you're able to control the airplane to fly where the horizon looks like it should. So that's how you learn to fly. 
But when you get your instrument rating, it, things change in that you're not looking out the windshield anymore, but because you're able to then legally fly in the clouds, as we call it, the soup, then you can't look outside because you just see nothing. It's just white. So if you're in a cloud, you don't know what the, what the horizon is. You don't know which way is up, which way is down. You have to look at your instruments and determine, am I pitched up, pitched down, left, right, am I on course? What's my altitude? All based on what the instruments are telling you. And what happens a lot of times is you get what's called spatial disorientation. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get in a turn especially and your brain is telling you, your body is telling you rather that you're pulling up. And man, you feel like starting to feel these G forces and you think you're pulling up. And so you pitch, you know, if you didn't know any better, you'd pitch down. What you don't know is in a turn, it's, it's giving you a few G forces. And so that feeling is the same if you were pitching up in the plane, but you're in a turn. So if you do stuff like all of a sudden you start pulling back or start pushing down, then you can get in real trouble real quick. And so what they teach you is, is to always go back and just trust your instruments. You have to focus and trust on your instruments. And when you, when your brain thinks something, it thinks it's one thing. Don't trust what your ears telling you, what your brain's telling you, trust what your eyes see. And it literally can mean life or death for a pilot and it's passengers. And so, you know, learning how to do that and learning how to trust those instruments and then to think through if one of those instruments fails, how to notice that react to it, change over and then go to another option of how do I keep, you know, the blue, the blue side up, as they say. That's what happened with the Kobe crash, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember reading a story a number of years ago, same thing um, down off the coast of Florida they got, and it was a special operations um, helicopter full of, I think it was Marine Raiders, and they, they got into dense fog and got that spatial disorientation. And they when they recovered the black box, they found out that the helicopter actually crashed flying backwards. Oh, wow. Flying backwards, basically maximum speed, and, and hit the water oh going gosh. backwards. But because the pilot was, you know, trusting – his instinct solely, he yeah. thought he was flying forward yeah, and yeah. You know, everybody on board ended, ended up losing uh, their lives. So it, it's it's interesting because there's times where your instincts need to override your eyes right. and there's times where your eyes need to override your instincts. Right. So how do you find that sweet spot? And that, that's and that was exactly the question I had is, is when do you, especially in business and dealing in life, right? Not flying an airplane or whatever is when do you, what is that balance? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think for me, it's important to take both in consideration. And that is, you know, there's times where, man, our gut's just telling us this is the situation. And, but to have our eyes open enough to really try to see, is this really what this is? Um, part of that, part of our eyes being open is also something we talk about on the podcast. And that is asking a friend, asking a mentor. Right. And I, this is the situation. My gut tells me this. My eyes see this. What do you see? And that other person saying, you know what? I've been there before, and this is what, this is what it was. And not that you have to follow that to a T, but it kind of opens your eyes again to see something else. Yeah. And that is to say, you know, man, how much should I trust my gut and how much should I trust what I see? And because so many times, Davin, those things don't line up. What right. our gut says and what we see, man, they just don't line up. And for me, I don't, you know, unless I'm forced to make a decision, because it has to be a quick decision, um, and I like to figure out how to bring those two together before I actually make the decision. A big part of leadership is I think I feel. 
right? We do lead with our guts and with our, our instincts, but you have to find that point where you can confirm your instincts with quantifiable or qualifiable data, whatever mm -hmm. that happens to be. Right. And we see that all the time. Like we think that a process is broken or we think mm -hmm. a department is struggling or we think a person is not being productive and, and, and they're lagging. And that feeling is important, but until you can back it up with something that's, again, that's tangible, mm -hmm. then it doesn't really mean a whole lot. And, and I think a lot of leaders get themselves in trouble. And I think young entrepreneurial leaders, I think, are very, they, they, they lead based on emotion because they've built this thing from the ground up. They love this thing like nobody will ever love it again. Mm -hmm. And so much emotion tends to creep in, and that's not bad. But that's where you get to that that balance point where you needed a some you needed a Davin mm -hmm. that could that could confirm or deny right. your feelings or your emotion as an entrepreneur with quantifiable data, right? And and mm -hmm. those turn into things like metrics and those right. turn into things like measurables. And so we can do our best to minimize the emotion and still give it credence and still make sure that we know that it's important to have those those gut instincts, but we damn well better be able to back it up. And, 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 and what Davin just talked about is actually my life, right? That's when he came on board here, that was a lot of what I was doing things is based on my gut, based on what I feel, based on what I'm sensing, you know, I think this is happening. And so I really didn't have anybody at the time that I could bounce that off of that could um, do checks and balances with me. And that was one of the things you brought to the table, which was awesome is I'm like, Davin, I feel like this is taking place or I feel like this is going on. And, you know, 25% of the time, I'm going to throw that percentage out there and it may be off but i'm right and, and you go and do due diligence and you find out that wow you know what we are having an issue with that or we are having this and but 75 percent of the time it's not yeah and i have to be careful not to throw everything at you but i also can't i can't push down those instincts of what's my guts telling me and and not tell you just because i'm like ah there's 75 percent chance i could be wrong so you know, having someone that can run those numbers, run the metrics, look at it in detail, um, you know, is super important because what happens after a period of time, if you don't have anybody in your life that can do that for you is you wind up with the whole uh, crying wolf thing. And that's, you know, oh my gosh, this is, I think this is happening. And the team goes, looks into it. It's nothing. Oh, I think this is happening. Team looks into it. You get everybody stirred up. It's nothing. And after a while, it gets to the point where they're like, yeah, Tim just going through another one of his stages again, right? So they kind of pat you on the back and, and you know, okay, yeah, 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 and nothing happens. And so that frustrates the heck out of me because I'm like, I know you didn't check on this. But I also understand their point is that, you know, man, we do this all the time. But having you, which I, I'm, I have to be okay, and this took me a little bit, to be okay with you saying, man, I checked into it, and this, would, this is what the reality is, and – you know, without being saying it directly, you're like, there's nothing to what you think, right? right? There's nothing to it. And for me to I have to be okay with that going, all right, I trust you. And you know what? I'm on, I'm, I'm gonna move on. And maybe a month or two before I hit you with it again, but I, I can't be afraid to come to you with those things. Right. But at the same time, having you to be able to look into it and see, is that the reality or not? And, and because to me, it's an emotional thing because there's value being brought by the team members that I'm paying for. And you're looking at it as strictly, you know, X's and O's, what is this really without the emotional part of it? So I think it goes back to, you know, in this case, it's my instincts and you having your blindfold off and you seeing and run the numbers and look at the data points. So sometimes it's not just you, but it's having someone that can, you can have the instinctual 
part of it and someone that can have the looking out the window and seeing what's really their part right. of it. You talked about the 25% of the time it was, you were right, 75% um, time you were wrong. Actually, a, a fun fact is that 77.27% of statistics are made up on the spot. That's, was it 0.2 or 0.5? 77.27% okay. of statistics are made up on the spot. Because okay. re in reality, I'm right 33% of the time. Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, what? And I think what you had happened to you for a long time is you had a gut feeling something was wrong. You went to your leadership team, hey, check into this. There was a lot of CYA that was happening, and yeah. there was a lot of not really checking into it. It was a way of, of covering things up, right? Right. Which built up calluses with you that took me a while to have to be able to overcome that. Yeah. To, for you to trust that when I say either yes or conf confirm or deny, mm -hmm. that I'm no BS confirming or denying this and not brushing you off and covering my own tail Yeah. As a result of one of your questions. And what, what was happening, and just for the listeners, what was happening was I would have this gut feeling. I would go to the team and say, I think this is happening. And some of the times it was happening. But in mm -hmm. order for them not to look bad, they would cover it and fix right. it and tell me there was nothing there. Yeah. But yet I see they're doing things different now, right? So it led to a complete failure of trust. And how many of those people are still here? Um, that would be zero. That'd be a big fat zero. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, not part of today's podcast, but something to take from it is, is, you know, uh, truth and honesty, even though it hurts at the beginning, is always yeah. the best bet of you can't fix anything, you never get anywhere, you never move past where you are and get better without having that honesty. And sometimes that's, man, there's nothing there. And sometimes like, my gosh, we have a mess. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you is, you know, when there's bad news, I think you, I can usually tell when there's bad news, you're like, hey, boss, you got a second? Yeah. And you start it with, you know, what do you say? Bad news doesn't get better with time. Mm -hmm. And I know when you say that, it's coming. But um, but I appreciate that. And I think you've learned to trust me and that I don't flip out. Right. right? And so, bless you. And so I don't, uh, I don't flip out. You don't flip out. We think through it. You know, we come up with our... our initial what are we going to do and then we sit on it for a little bit yeah and think about it. it it's it's part of the reason that we could say that we go together like cocaine and waffles cocaine waffles i like that <laughs> another quote we'll use absolutely i like it you know so i think wrapping this whole thing up it is it has to be a combination and knowing the balance of when to use your instinct but when to confirm it with your eyes and yeah. when not to trust your eyes because you've been deceived in the past or you don't want to believe your eyes so you need to go with what your gut says right and I, I don't know the answer to that. I think we just, we, we learn it with experience. We learn it over time and we learn it by asking people around us that we trust to confirm mm -hmm. what it is that we see. Right. Um, but we also know that, that, that data in a, in a business sense is the, is the ultimate truth. Right. And, and the response not to have whenever something happens and you take the blindfold off and see that you're in the middle of a mess is not to put the blindfold back on. It doesn't help anything. Right. It doesn't make it go away. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. So, that's a good place to end? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Hey, thanks. Enjoy this. Yes, sir.